Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And game one in the books, the Maple Leafs with a massive 5-4 comeback win to defeat the Montreal Canadiens to make history being the first team to win in this all-Canadian division and uh, joining me to recap the game here tonight is Tony Ferrari, friend of the show. Tony, welcome back. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really happy hockey's back. Oh, aren't we all? I mean, today was just great. I felt I felt good all day. Like I was just excited for it. You got this the Leafs Habs game that was going to be at seven o'clock, and then back to back. Now you know we kind of have an eye watching the Vancouver Edmonton game. I know I do. You might too as well. But uh, it was just a great day to have hockey back, and uh, what a great game too to reintroduce it uh, back to the fans. Yeah, it really was, and like. We came into the day, and like you said, everyone was kind of hyped. I, uh, yeah, I had that feeling brewing in me all day long, and then <laughs> we got that little taste with that Pittsburgh-Philadelphia game, but as soon as that Toronto-Montreal game came on, that was going off, and that was the main focus, but oh boy, like I, I like you said, I've got the Edmonton-Vancouver game on now too. It's it's just a fun day to be back playing hockey and watching hockey. Did you see the what the uh, like the opening puck drop, what the official, and I can't remember his name, and probably should, but uh, what the official said to... Uh, both Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, basically just like, all right, boys, the season's about to start. Let's all have a good time. Be safe. Be healthy. Let's get going. And then they dropped the puck. I thought it was really cool. Did you see that? Yeah, it was interesting because it reminded me of uh, something the rest were doing a little bit at the World Juniors right yeah. before the puck drop. They just say one real quick line and drop the puck. And it, it was kind of a nice little way to welcome everyone back from uh, a bit of a hectic offseason. Exactly. Exactly. I thought it was nice. Just a nice little touch. All right. Let's get into last night, or uh, well, I guess if you're probably listening to this, it's now the following day, but the Leafs 5-4 victory starting out 1-0 on the year. How did we get there, though? Well, if you missed it, I'll go through the game sheet real quick and, and catch you up on it. And it started off the Montreal Canadiens hitting the scoreboard first on the power play. Nick Suzuki, kid's going to be a stud, by the way, assisted by Druin and Jeff Petrie at the 12:49 mark. And then William Nylander, an unreal play ended up making it uh, a 1-1 great uh, shot there in the first and then late in the first period Josh Anderson making it 2-1 for the Montreal Canadiens and then again they scored on the power play Thomas Tatar made it 3-1 and the power play were really cooking on both sides here because then Bill Nye the hockey guy and I actually have another nickname that I'll be using for him for the rest of the show once I finish doing this and I'll let you know what that is uh, makes it 2-1 or uh, 3-2 rather. John Tavares makes it 3-3. Josh Anderson, his second as a Montreal Canadian, made it 4-3 in the third period. And then Jimmy VC making it 4-4, bringing it to overtime. And that's where this happened. Down over the pass, goes off a leg, bouncing to the far side. Matthews up on the wing for Tavares. The captain is in across the line. Tavares going to the net for the pass. And they score! Morgan Riley! 
And that was it. The Maple Leafs win the first game of the season. Joe Bowen with a beauty of a call. It's so great to hear his voice once again as well. And the Leafs start the year off in the win column with a 5-4 victory over the Montreal Canadiens. All right, what were some uh, some things that you really pulled away from that game? Well, I mean, the first thing is, like, I, I got to say, the, the Joe Bowen call there, you get chills when you hear it. Especially right. We haven't heard it in so long. It just it's so good. But no, I think I think the big thing that sticks out with the Leafs right now is Freddie didn't have a great game, but William Nylander did. William Nylander was one of the best players on the ice. The only guy really kind of in contention with him was either Josh Anderson or Austin Matthews, who was maybe quiet on the score sheet a little bit with only the one assist. But I mean, the kid was on fire all day long. But no, I think William Nylander was the star of the show. He had two goals and an assist. He assist on that. Uh, that late goal and and then the two goals to kind of keep the Leafs in it. it it seemed like every time the Leafs were starting to get dragged down and the game was getting bogged down a little bit William Nylander would do something flashy and do something that we we all see William Nylander do and and he puts the puck in the net so it was really good to see him kind of get off the side early uh, seeing Austin going and, and playing as well as he was as well was really encouraging so uh, it wasn't the prettiest to win it all the time but it was a good win for the Leafs and I think from from here on out we're going to be referring William Nylander to uh, Willie Rockets because, yes. I mean, right now I think he's a contender for the Rocket Richard. Is he not? Oh, let's go, William Nylander. <laughs> That's all I want to hear. But, dude, like, I actually, he the, um, the two goals that he scored tonight were just blistering wristers, and I think it's an element to his game that maybe sometimes we forget about, that he is like just such a gifted goal scorer. And then being able to to do it tonight uh, just, I think, was, was another indication that Nylander is going to have a big year. And I've always been Team Nylander when it came to his contract. I always thought that that was a, a perfectly fine contract that he signed, uh, and, and, and now he's really going out there and proving his naysayers wrong. Yeah, it's really nice to see because William Nealander is a guy that I've been – I've always been a William Nealander guy. So um, seeing him, all this progression he's made over the last few years, especially the last two years, we've seen him get to the middle of the ice more. And that's not necessarily where he scored his goals today. They were kind of fancier distance goals. But it was William Nealander just proving again that he's bringing more elements to his game. You're, we see all the Instagram pictures of him with his shirt off and eating shrimp and all this crazy stuff that <laughs> William Nylander loves to do. But in those pictures too, we see him getting thicker. He's getting to be a bigger guy. And it sounds weird to say that about a guy's Instagram pictures, but you're noticing that on the ice. Now you're seeing him. He's able to win the board battles. I noticed a bunch of board battles today where he was just stripping the puck away from a defenseman. Shea Weber was one of them. And and then that, like you said, that wrist shot just looks improved. Even this year, I've always been a, 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 th- a someone of the thought that William Nealander could be a 30, 35 goal scorer on a regular basis, fairly, fairly consistently. And I think after last season, he was on pace for, he was, he was, he got 30 in this year. I, I expect him to kind of keep that same pace shortened season. He might not get 30, but I, I expect him to be right up there. Yeah, me as well. Um, one of the things, though, like to start the game, I thought that it had great pace. We didn't see a whistle for what seemed like the first like six minutes of the hockey game, and it was just back and forth action. It, it really got right back into the swing of things. There was chances from from you know all angles. Both teams had some really good opportunities uh, early on, and I thought that it was just a great, you know, kind of a great introduction back to the hockey season. Yeah, it really was, and like you said, there was that really good five or six minutes frame in the start of the game where there was no whistles. It was just back and forth end to end changes on the fly. It was really good hockey. And, and 
like you said, that got us back into it. We all felt like we we're at home almost. And, and I mean, and then the Leafs go for a high scoring game and just again, we all feel like we're home. So, <laughs> uh, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about a couple of other things here because uh, although we, we want to focus on the greats and, and I think we should uh, focus on it, but um, something that I, I realized early on in the game, I guess, since we can kind of go in, in order of how things kind of played out here, um, Zach Bogosian uh, had a bit of a tough, uh, tough outing for him. Do you think that this is something to be concerned about for Bogosian going forward? Do you think this may have just been a one game and he should be able to, to kind of turn it around and be all right? Because it just looks like he's just a bit too slow for the game now, and, and I don't know if he's going to be able to keep up with this Leafs team. Yeah, it's kind of what we're we're looking at with him coming coming into the Leafs this year is is does he have the foot speed and the the uh, the ability to play up to the way he was playing with the Lightning last year because we saw him for years in Buffalo and he, he just wasn't very good like that's being very blunt but he he's lost a step and we maybe that revived in Tampa or, or maybe he just had a, a really great month and a half really in, in those playoffs and whatnot but. It's a kind of a concern I had coming into the year, and it's a concern that today did not do anything to really quell because, like you said, his foot speed was a little bit slow. He seemed like he was just a step behind at all times, and, and maybe he can get rid of that. But I think this is kind of the, the, the first crack in the door that we can see maybe Miko Letton getting into the lineup. That's what I was thinking. I think maybe we see Letton in slide into that third pair defenseman and you slide Dermot over to the right because, you know, multiple times this season we've heard Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe say that uh, Dermot probably will end up playing some some games on the right side. And I think it's most likely going to be the ones that Zapagosian won't be in the lineup. Uh, I, I thought that, um, you know, Muzzin Hall weren't particularly great tonight, but I don't think they were bad. I don't think that that's, you know, they played bad enough for me to say that they should be straight, you know, Justin Hall should be taken off of that, of that pairing. Um, but I, I think that if, if we're going to see, Anybody, if we're going to see anyone on the right side come out of the lineup, it's probably going to be Bogosian, and that's a spot that I think they'll end up putting Dermot in. Um, speaking of a couple other newcomers, uh, was there anybody else who really impressed you tonight uh, as far as you know the new guys in the lineup? So as a guy that wasn't really a huge, huge fan of the Wayne Simmons signing in terms of some of the expectations yep. that fans were putting on him in terms of like, I've seen some fans hoping that he could reclaim his 20 goal form. And I'm like, let's calm down. But if tonight is what we're getting from Wayne Simmons, that's exactly what you want from Wayne Simmons. He was able to, to go in there. He was banging guys. He was making good plays. His skating isn't great. He's never really been a great skater, but he's the work levels there. He's a work ethic player. He's always been a work ethic player. And Maybe that skill and that goal scoring ability isn't quite there, but you seen him make quite a few nice little plays today. There was there was a number of nice passes I saw him make, and there was that time when they played him him and Thornton on a five four power play towards the end of the game, and I thought Wayne Simmons was doing a really really good job being that guy down in the corners digging pucks out. So I think Wayne Simmons was really impressive. I, I kind of mentioned Joe Thornton there, and that was a guy that I wasn't as impressed with to be completely honest. His foot speed is another concern yeah. of mine. Uh, there was a couple times where I was like, okay, Matthews and Martin are right in the zone, and and where's that third forward? And where's Trailing that third? A little there bit comes there. Joe. <laughs> and and I, I think Joe's a great addition to this team. I, I think it's it's not a bad idea to bring him in. 
I think maybe playing him on the first line is asking a bit much for him, especially when you're you're running Matthews and Marner out there for 24, 25 minutes a night. And hopefully that doesn't stay consistent. But uh, yeah, I don't think you can uh, run Joe Thornton out there with those two guys as often as they want to go out on the ice. No, and and you know we kind of see that tonight. You take a look at the 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 ice time and uh, Marner up twenty four minutes forty seven seconds. Matthew played uh, a little bit more than that at twenty five seventeen, and Joe Thornton only played seventeen minutes. So you know he they did find uh, some shifts where they sat him, and you know every now and then you would look out and Zach Hyman would be on that line. He finished with up over nineteen minutes, um, which is far more than both Kerfoot and McKay have played. So you know he got to have a couple of skates up on the top line, which is which is interesting, which is good. I think uh, a way to kind of shelter and, and keep Joe a little bit conserved uh, as we go into the season. Uh, but I, I, the thing with Thornton, it, the problem, I think, is when they're on the rush. On the rush, he definitely trails behind, and, and I think that lacks a little bit for uh, this team when they want to utilize their speed that way. But once they get into the zone, I feel like you know with the hands that he has, the mind, the body, uh, he's, he's somebody who could really be a big threat with those two players. So I can see where uh, the, the love affair is I guess with this team and with uh, that Sheldon Keefe probably has with him in this lineup but they they kind of I guess got to find a, a nice medium or a heavy balance uh, or else it could get a little uh, you know impatient here in Leafs Nation if this turns out to be a, a you know a gamely nightly occurrence where we're sitting here saying ah Joe you're just you know skating up and down this looks like you're skating on your lip you're a little too far behind and I don't know I, I what do you feel about that I think, you know what, Joe Thornton, like you said, when they're, once they're in the zone, I think he's smart enough, he's skilled enough, his hands are still soft enough to make any pass in the offensive zone. So I think he can be effective there. And, and that's why I'm not opposed to him being on that top power play unit or or that second power play unit, just depending on how you want to spread these units out. I think he can be really effective in that in that zone. But on the rush, like you said, he's, he's a little bit behind and, and you just – I thought the shifts with Hyman were a bit more effective and I, I wouldn't be opposed to even those two kind of flipping spots and letting Joe go down to that third line and kind of man that third line down there with Kerfoot and down there with Mikheyev and, and really kind of run things. And then when they're on the power play, you throw Joe out there or, or once every once in a while you po- toss Joe out there with the top line, but making that his primary line, I think maybe kind of flips it and, I mean, who knows? Maybe, like I said, we see those two kind of flip roles and, and Hyman's the primary guy in that line and Joe Thornton's the one kind of getting supplementary duty. Well, we, we know the big reason why a lot of the, the line juggling kind of occurred this season is because Sheldon Keefe really wanted to have an effective third line, a checking line with Mikheyev, Kerfoot, and Zach Hyman. So he took Hyman off the top line, took Mikheyev off the second line, and put them all here. And then all of a sudden, you're like, okay, well, now we got to put somebody in, in the in these left wing positions. And that's how Thornton and VC ended up there. But, you know, based on what you saw tonight, are you happy enough? Do you think that the third line did an effective enough job? Uh, where it warrants kind of picking apart this team a little bit? Or do you think that maybe eventually we'll see this lineup? Uh, you kind of alluded to it already, to be honest. But, you know, we will see this lineup go back to more so what we saw last year to what worked with Hyman on the second line and then with uh, Mikheyev moved up with with Nylander and with Tavares. 
See, I wouldn't even be shocked if, if the big switch is is moving Jimmy VC down to the fourth line and putting Nick Robertson in the lineup. And and I know that might be sounding like a bit of a rush thing to do, but Nick Robertson's the kind of guy that could thrive on that line in the top six. And and he doesn't have to be the star on that line. The pressure's not on him on either of those lines, but he'll be able to keep up a little bit better than uh, Joe Thornton. And I felt like Jimmy VC was okay. He was not bad, not good. He was there. He was a guy on that line that didn't necessarily – produced positively or negatively the goal was awesome like you can't okay. complain about him scoring that big goal at the end of the game to tie it up but dude go to the overall net, right yeah like what's that like go to the net like like a guy like that when you know Nylander or Tavares have the puck just go to the net and that's yep. what he did and he ended up with a goal right like that that's what and they that's tell a lot it. of more uh I guess say lesser skilled or bigger dudes just go to the net and you'll get your cookies and that's what happened with VC tonight yeah, and I think that's the perfect thing. If you're going to make VC, if VC is going to be up in that top six, that's the kind of role he's going to have to play. And and I think, like I said, maybe it's it's Joe that comes out of the top six, or maybe it's just kind of Nick Robertson getting in on that third line. But I think we'll, we're going to see some lineup change. I don't think the the lineup we're seeing right now going in up front or on the back end is going to be what we're, we're going to see come playoff times, assuming the Leafs are going to make the playoffs. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write locked on on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, let's talk about some of the things that we notice on the back end now. Um, for me, I thought it was a great game by Morgan Riley. Uh, my my bold prediction that I made on the preview show was that I felt Riley was going to be on the Norris ballot. Uh, after watching what I witnessed tonight, I don't think that's as bold as a prediction as maybe I thought. He looked fantastic. He looked fantastic every single time the puck was on his stick. Uh, you, you, there's so many stretch passes and really just nice plays he made. And then, of course, the overtime. Just can't complain about any of that. There was there was a couple moments defensively that I was like, ooh. And, and there was one moment in particular where uh, I was watching it here with my wife. And she's a casual hockey fan but doesn't really know a whole lot. And and Nick Suzuki just dangled his pants off. And and she was like, oh, snap. Was that Morgan Riley? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, oof, not, uh, not great, eh? And I'm like, yeah, that wasn't his best play. <laughs> but uh, he certainly made up for it in, in, on the offensive end of the ice. And he wasn't all that bad. There was a couple bad plays that stuck out, but overall, I think he had a really good game. And, and TJ Brody, I think there was a couple moments where you're like, ah, oh, he's getting used to some new teammates because he left a pass or or the pass didn't quite get to the guy in, in time and stuff like that. But overall, I felt like he was really good. I, the one thing you noticed with him was his skating was really, really excellent. There was one play where he went deep in the offensive zone and then on the back check, he beat the forward to the front of the Toronto net to defend the play. So um, it was a really nice play by him. Really good game overall by that top pairing. I think we're going to see some up and downs defensively at times with Morgan Riley, but hopefully DJ Brody and him can kind of get that chemistry going and kind of working together. They haven't had a training camp or preseason or anything, so it's really going to be a little bit of a work in progress at first, but I think that pairing is going to be really, really good by the time 
the end of the year comes. And I think that's actually really important to discuss and something important to mention because it did kind of look like a preseason game, and that's because it essentially was. And I feel like the first few games are going to be like that. These teams haven't been able to play against anybody else. And, you know, these scrimmage games that we saw on Saturday, yeah, okay, they're nice in theory, but it's nothing like actual real live gameplay. And, you know, tonight was the first little taste of action that they've had of that, I guess, other than, you know, some of these players who played overseas um, throughout the the lockout, but or uh, throughout the pandemic. But for a majority of them, they haven't played since the summer. And it's it's been a while since they've played and they didn't have any tune-up or anything like that so I feel like tonight and probably the next few games are going we're going to see some lapses by some of these players Um, even there were some shifts where it kind of looked like you know Matthews was a little tired dogging it on uh, on the back check sometimes even you know Joe like I said looked a little slow and I think that it's a big reason of it is because this is still so early in the year and we never had the preseason to kind of knock those kinks out yeah, I think that's a really good point. And in, in as much as I've kind of preached already, like, hey, this isn't going to be the same lineup at the end of the year and yada, yada, yada. But I'm also of the, the kind of mindset that you don't change things after one game. So I think you can probably go into another game, maybe even two minor tweaks, maybe kind of in-game tweaks here and there. But I think if this is the way they want to build the lineup, I, I'm I'm of the mindset that you have to be confident in the way you want to run things. So if you want to do this, at least for the first couple games, let it try out. Especially if, if you do end up pulling out a couple wins in these in these first three games, then great. Like even if it doesn't work out, you say you're two and one, okay, then you start making changes and you're not behind the eight ball by any means. But unless things get disastrous and then you have to panic. But I think you just kind of keep working things slowly. I don't think it's gonna be a a change like we saw when Matt Martin came out of the lineup a couple years ago and all of a sudden all the time the ice times changed and certain guys were getting more time and that kind of thing. I think it's going to be more of, okay, this week we're getting this guy on the top line and this week we're getting Nick Robertson into the lineup and, oh, hey, look at that. Rasmus Sandin worked his way into the bottom pairing somehow or something like that. So I think it's going to be a slow work in progress, but it's going to be a work in progress nonetheless this season. Uh, definitely, 100%. And uh, I guess the last kind of individual player that we'll, we'll kind of focus on that I want to get your thoughts on was the goaltender because there's all Always a spotlight on the goalie, especially when he allows four goals. Uh, overall, your thoughts on Freddie Anderson's night? I am Team Freddie. I, I am the guy that's saying that he's going to have a, a bounce back year, but this was not a he, he didn't not help a shining case. moment for me. I, didn't I help do, your case. Uh, yeah, I, I was actually telling my wife during the game where, we like, I was like, "Oh yeah, at work, uh, me and a couple of buddies. Every day, every year, we do some pregame or preseason predictions and." Uh, we always have like one crazy bold prediction. It, it's got to be like super, super hot take. And I was like, oh, Freddie's going to win the Vezina running away. And uh, I looked at my wife and I was like, yeah, it is not looking great for me right now. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, he didn't have a great game. There's no way to get around that. He, he let in, I think three of the four goals were probably goals he'd want back. Um, it was not his best night. That was October Freddie for certain. And yeah. I'm hoping we can get over October Freddy by the time February gets around. Oh, what was the one that was? I think it was the Anderson second goal to make it 4-3 in the third period where it just squeaked past him. Squeaked through? Uh, I was just like, come on. Th- those are the goals that give people fits. Those are the goals that he yep. allows, that he needs to have, where people sit there and say, Freddie's not the guy. He's not the person. He's not the goalie that can bring this team to the promised land because he allows a- those too often. And like you said, Three out of four goals you wish you had back. 
if if you're doing that, you know, on a consistent basis, you're not going to win a lot of games for your team. So I I think that you know Anderson can win for this team, uh, but tonight definitely not a good start to the year, and hopefully it. it you know, it doesn't take him uh, a month or a month and a half or to six weeks to, to get it going. Hopefully, you know, Freddie Anderson can uh, can whip himself into shape pretty quick, just like he did when they returned for for uh, back in the summer for the return to play. Because I thought he was fantastic back in the playoffs. Yep. Everyone talked about you know he cost them you know the 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 games. Yes, he he allowed some uh, really shaky goals. Like I can still. You know the the Liam Foodie goal still in Game yeah. Five haunts my uh, haunts my nightmares. But regardless, he was still great the entire playoff series. They just couldn't you know score. And, and so if he could just give him that level of goaltending that he did in that playoff series for a, a consistent full like fifty six game season plus a playoffs, I think that this team stands to be in uh, in good shape with him. Yeah, I, I I do have faith in Freddie. Like I said, I am a Freddie truther. I'm a big fan of, of his game when he's on it, when he's on his game because when he's on his game, he's almost eerily calm and you, it's it's intimidating almost that you kind of get that in your mind that hey, I'm not going to beat this guy tonight. And when he's on his game, he has that effect. But yeah, tonight wasn't uh, certainly a night that he wasn't on his game. All right, we'll take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll talk about, uh, well, well, we'll we'll do the good, better, and the best, actually, and take a look at our three stars of the game. So we'll do that, but first, uh, here's a little little note from betonline.ag. I know we're all big hockey fans here at the Locked On Lease podcast, but what about football? You guys ready? You got college football heading into bowl season, and there's some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season finishing up with the playoff picture, becoming a little clearer, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. That's a promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. You toss 50 bucks into your account, you get 75. That's how it works using the promo code locked on at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano still with you. Tony Ferrari with me from Dauber Prospects. Uh, okay, so Tony, uh, so this is the way that we do it. I, I haven't done a good, better, best segment in a long time. Obviously, since back in, what, August, I guess, was the last time the Leafs played a game. So it's been a little bit. Uh, but the way that it goes, for those who are also new listening to the podcast, um, it's essentially like our three-star system. Whoever's good, I guess, whoever was good or had a good moment could be, you know, a, a person, could be a situation, uh, a coaching decision, whatever it is, you know, that's your good, and then your better, and then your best would be like your top star, or your top moment of the game. So I'll let you go first. Uh, you let me know uh, who were your good, better, and best for the night? Ooh, my my good, I'm going to go with Morgan Riley. I'd like to put him higher, but there was a couple weird defensive plays, and, and getting deked out of his pants by Nick Suzuki was uh, it, it was worth worth watching a few times on replay. So he doesn't get any higher, but he does get good. Uh, better, I'm going to have to give to I'm, – I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit. I'm going to give it to Matthews and Marner because as a duo tonight, those two are really good together. I, I, th- I thought they were phenomenal. 
Um, they easily could have had two or three goals themselves. And uh, Montreux is probably lucky that Price made a few really good saves on both those guys to kind of prevent that. But I think the best has got to go to the King Willie, William Nylander. Willie Rocket. Willie Rocket. Like, Willie let's Rockets. go. He was he had a great game. He was good in all three zones. Uh, defensively, I loved his game as well. So he was a really, really big star for this team tonight. And I think uh, he, he led this team in, offensively. And, I mean, you, you can't really complain about a guy like William Nylander putting up points like that. 100%, and he certainly made uh, made an appearance in my list as well. But for good, I actually had Wayne Simmons because I, you know, more specifically the fight. Um, you know, I, you whether or not you believe that fights uh, have a place in the game or whether or not fights really do uh, spark some type of energy, you, you talk to anybody who played the game and they'll tell you that it did. They spoke about it on the broadcast. Uh, you know, uh, you also had... Um, uh, who a Nylander, I think, uh, after the intermission, talked about how big it was. You had Morgan Riley after the game talk about how big it was and how it gave the team some juice. So Wayne Simmons, on top of the the decent plays that he actually made on the ice tonight, him dropping the mitts down by two goals uh, in the second period, I thought was was massive and really a big part of the role that he was brought in to do. And uh, knowing your role is 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 huge, and Wayne Simmons certainly does, and, and came out. Uh, and and just a warrior for the Maple Leafs and a good first outing for Wayne Simmons. Uh, my better was Morgan Riley. Like I said, I thought that he had a, a Norris caliber night for myself. Uh, he looked fantastic, uh, jumping up into the rush at times. Uh, had a few good opportunities. Seven shots tonight out of Morgan Riley. He was really active um, in the offensive zone, and of course the the the, the winner. Scored the, the game winning goal as well. So he he was on my better and then best. Yeah. William William Nylander, our guy, uh, Willie Rockets, just he was fantastic. Uh, you think about the two goals that he had, and then assisting on on the tying goal as well. Um, you know, knocking the pass down and then flipping it out to VC out in front for for the tying goal. And I thought he was just great all night long. So if we can see that out of Nylander uh, on a, a nightly basis, I think the Leafs are in pretty good shape. Yeah, I love the inclusion of Simmons there too, because like like you said, I I'm generally one of those guys that I'm not necessarily anti-fighting and take it out of the game, but I'm not a huge fan of the stage fighting and stuff like that. But with something like what Wayne Simmons did tonight, and I, I, they talked about it on the broadcast a little bit from the Montreal side of things and, and why, why would you do that? Knowing yeah. that he's going to try to fire up his team. And, and that's what he did. He, he fired up his team. And as much as like, I'm not the punchy punchy fight guy, but like you couldn't help seeing Wayne Simmons throw the, throw the mitts down and get ready push those sleeves up and let's go buddy. Like it it was just fun. Like you got to let yourself have some fun playing these games. And as much as maybe fighting, isn't the best thing in the world for, for the health of all these players, it's something that's been in the game for as long as we can all know. So it's going to happen. It's going to keep happening. And I mean, if you're going to have a guy doing it, Wayne Simmons is a good guy doing it. And let's be honest, it, it wasn't a violent fight. <laughs> no, <laughs> right? it not at not, all. It wasn't something that uh, that I think is going to give anybody some CTE in the future. So, you know, I think it made everyone happy. Uh, the 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 naysayers for the fighting can't be too upset because it wasn't that violent. And then those who, who want the fights in the game and believe that it has its place, well, you got your fight, and it also energized the team as well. Um, and, yeah, to, to, to quickly go off that, that point about how you know Montreal asking saying why would he take that fight I think you got to look at these two teams right they're going to play each other 10 times this year right so they got nine more appearances 
Toronto is the better team. Uh, Montreal was leading at the time, but I think Toronto more often than not will be leading in this series throughout the next nine games. And you bet your ass the next time that that you know Montreal needs a spark, you know they're going to go up to Wayne Simmons and be like, "Hey, you owe me a fight," and he's going to have to ring the bell. Right, answer the bell, yeah. and 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 he's going to do it. And whether it works out in in the favor of the Leafs or not, who knows? Uh, but it's kind of a game by game basis, and it's it's kind of an unwritten code within the the fighters within the league. Yeah, I was just going to say that it's it's one of those things where people always make fun of it, but there there really is an unwritten code, and it's an unwritten code in all sport and in hockey. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like you said. Now Wayne Simmons got he owes a bill, and and when the Montreal yeah. Canadiens come asking for payment, he's gonna have to do that, and hopefully he can end up a little bit he can end up on the same side of the fight as he did this time. So, I mean, it's just one of those things, and and yeah, like you said, it fired the team up, it got the team going, and it got the Leafs to win. Big picture, what did you like out of tonight? Give me one thing that you really liked, and then one thing that needs to change yesterday. <laughs> I really liked the offense in general. I, I thought despite a few weird little like moments where for like 10 minute stretch or five, six, seven minute stretches, they'd go dormant. It seemed, but when the, when the Leafs were going, they were showing off their skill, especially that top two lines, William Nealander, John Tavares, uh, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. They were really, really good tonight. Um, I, I thought they were really, really good. As for the the thing I, I need changing, um, I think I got to rip on him a little bit and that's Alex Kerfoot. The thing that he's changing is he just needs to stop passing every single puck he has on his stick in, in overtime. <laughs> he had that partial breakaway and he spins and turns and yeah. fires a pass to the high slot. And I got up and I, I like straight up yelled at my TV. I'm like, what are you doing? And so yeah, change, change his mindset. I don't know if you got to bring him to a hypnotist, bring him to a therapist, whatever you got to do, just tell him, Hey, you're allowed to shoot the puck. So do it once in a while. Cause they're <laughs> going to read the pass every time. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Uh, you know, as, as you know, much of a howitzer, I guess, as uh, Mikheyev has on that drop back and, and had a pretty, got a pretty solid shot off. Um, yeah. I, I would have liked him to, to shoot on that as well. Uh, I, I think you kind of nailed both of those, to be quite honest with you. I think the offense uh, was great tonight. They were able to to move the puck around at will at times. The thing that I believe I want to see is is still I need to see that consistency. You know, they talked about the maturity of the team. They brought in these veterans to try and mature. And in my mind, a big part of maturing is consistency and playing a full 60-minute games. There was just too many uh, lulls in that game where they kind of sat back and, and allowed Montreal to kind of dictate the pace a little bit. And I feel like going forward, I, I want this team to be able to, you know, dictate how this game goes and how they want to play for a full 60 minutes. They can do it. They have the horses that can do it. And that's something that I want to, to see going forward into the future. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. Like I said, when I was complimenting their offense, I made sure to point out there were some lulls and, and those lulls were, were yeah. kind of bad and they got filled in a little bit on those times. But when when they were going, like they displayed why they're probably the the best team on paper in this division. And, and when you look at the skill set of the players on this team, they should be right there competing for the top spot in the North Division. And I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be. I couldn't agree with you more, Tony. You are an amazing guest. We love having you on the show. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. Yeah, no problem. Always enjoy hopping on with you. All right, one last time. The Toronto Maple Leafs winning game one of the season against the Montreal Canadiens by a score of 5-4 in overtime. Also, before I let you go, the fact that this game had to go to overtime 
just made me believe, like, oh, man, we just gave a point away to a team that we will be battling for a playoff position the entire season. Yeah, that's the other thing. With with any overtime game, it is detrimental because every single game is in division. you got to try to win these games in, in regulation. I think you saw that with Matthews. He was trying to, at, right at the end of the, the third period, and he got hammered in the back a couple times, which was a little concerning, but he looked really good in the overtime. So hopefully it's nothing more than just a, a bruise in the back, and he can be back and, and doing his thing. Yeah, and his streak did come to an end. He did not score tonight, so, uh, you know, didn't score in his fifth straight, and which is unfortunate. I laid, uh, laid a little bit of a, a prop bet on that he was going to score tonight, hoping for the streak to continue to five years, but didn't happen. But Jason Spezza did record his 600th assist, so congratulations to Jason Spezza. Congratulations to the Maple Leafs winning the first game of the year, 5-4 in overtime. That will do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Lockdown Leafs and follow Tony at the Tony Ferrari. And Tony, where can they find your work? Uh, you can find most of my work on Dauber Prospects and uh, actually on my podcast, Dauber's Draftcast. It's exclusively NHL draft content for the most part. Every once in a while we squeeze in stuff like the upcoming Calder episode. But uh, yeah, find me at Dauber Prospects or Dauber's Draftcast. Who's your Calder favorite right now? Uh, for me, it's it's probably going to be Lafreniere. It's either him or Kaprizov. But yeah, Lafreniere, I, I just have a feeling he's going to have a really, really good season. I took Kaprizov in a box pool, hoping it's just points only. So I'm hoping that uh, Kaprizov, at the very least, ends up with the most points out of all the rookies. Uh, all right, I will be back with another episode tomorrow, where I will be teeing up the weekend's games. We got back to backs against the Ottawa Senators, so the Battle of Ontario brewing up this upcoming weekend, and I'll be uh, previewing those ones tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.